Welcome to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. I am so pumped to have Grace with us today. Grace is the founder of Live Light, and I have been stalking Grace online, and then Grace reached out, and it just feels like serendipity when these things happen, and I hit record too soon, and Grace is probably like, wait, I have more questions, and we're not done yet, and so that's the perfect time to start is when we're not totally ready. Welcome to the show, my friends. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Steph. So I'm going to start with the end in mind because I just spoiled it and said, I'm going to ask you the last question right at the end. And then we're going to wrap this in a bow. And I said, but what if we ask it right now? So let's start with the end and say, Grace, tell me right now in this moment, what's making your heart beat faster? Well, I said coffee. You said coffee. Yes. <laughs> What's your relationship with coffee? My relationship with coffee right now is it's related to my two-year-old. <laughs> yes. Say more. And being a mom to a wild two-year-old boy who keeps me up at all hours of the day. <laughs> yes. And I am relying on coffee a lot these days, but that's okay. Yeah. You know, I think that I don't know why more mothers don't have on their CV, like I'm a professional mom and I'm doing a million other things because I don't know how you do it. I had a puppy. I have a puppy, but for a short period of time, the puppy <laughs> didn't like to sleep through the night. And I was like, I don't know what I would do if this was a human relying on me to keep them alive because sometimes I want to drown this puppy and, and he's adorable <laughs> and I love him. So I really bow to you because you are a mother, a professional mother of a two-year-old. And in the last two years, you have launched a business, which is a really special business. And before we dive into your business, I want to know your coffee of choice and if it is local or not and how this relates to Live Light. Yeah. Thank you for calling me a professional mother because <laughs> I'm sure any first mom of a two-year-old first time mom of a two-year-old will not feel <laughs> very professional at all. <laughs> you know, like being watched by a two-year-old while you're like peeing yes. in your face with a book doesn't feel professional. You are. Yeah. Anyways, but the coffee, I am drinking Agro Roasters, which is something Live Light carries. They're local. They're organic. They're a local Eastbound company. But they actually, I think what little few people know is they roast for a lot of really wicked coffee shops and bakeries like Livia, Bakery on Commercial Drive, which people are pretty pumped up about right now. So they supply a lot of local companies and people often don't know they're drinking Agro Roasters coffee. Mm. But yeah, they're sustainable. They're small family-run business and we carry them um, in paper bags and jars. So yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So you admitted that sometimes you have to buy a coffee in a to-go cup. And mm. what I love about that is you have also created a zero waste, did I say that right? A zero waste grocery store. Is that correct? I feel like language is yeah. so important. It's like how, what, what well, is this? What are we up to? Okay. So Live Light is a zero waste grocery business. Business. But we're all based online. So we deliver groceries in packaging, in containers that will produce no waste for you at home. If I was delivering groceries to you, Steph, 
There would be nothing that comes in any plastic for certain. So nothing's going in your garbage after you use the product. And it's all coming either in a glass jar that you can return to us for a deposit back. We pick up the jars when people get their deliveries, or it comes in like a, a craft paper bag that either can go in recycling or in compost, depending on if it's soiled or not. And oh my God, there's so many intricacies around recycling. You're kind of looking at me like, what are you talking about? No. <laughs> um, there's so much like recycling, so complicated. So we just want to make it as easy as possible for households, individuals, whoever, not to create more waste and be able to live more lightly, live light. That's where our name kind of comes from. So that's what we, in a nutshell, do. Which I love. And the reason I bring it back to coffee is because sometimes you have a paper cup. And the beautiful thing is sometimes we're not perfect. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. And yet, what are the choices that we can make to your quote, live more lightly? And I want to know how Live Light came to be and how you wrestle with all that is life of being a mom and a human that's not always perfect. Yeah, totally. We say, we obviously didn't coin this. I don't, you know, progress over perfection when it comes to cutting down on waste and trying to live a little light, more lightly. And like, we focus on the grocery aspect, but there's so much more out there. Like, you know, Vancouverites riding their bikes. You know, if you're riding your bike, you're cutting down on how much waste, like cars are like one of the number one ways that we create waste in this world. But it's a progress over perfection. Like I, so as I said, I have a two-year-old and he's still in diapers and I'm using shh, but like I'm using disposable diapers. Like I'm not using cloth diapers, which that's a huge garbage culprit. Right. So like, I'm absolutely not like a zero waste home, but through my business, I've been able to totally cut down on waste. So going back to why I started this, I mentioned this to you when we first started chatting is when I first had my son, I found myself very homebound. Things were totally different. I used to go out a lot, eat out a lot, be on the go all the time. And all of a sudden I'm at home with a newborn and I'm doing a lot of taking care of the house as well. And I'm seeing the garbage and recycling just piling up more than I've ever noticed before. And I have to mention that we have two really amazing bricks and mortar stores in Vancouver that offer refills and essentially the same thing we do, except they're bricks and mortar as opposed to delivery, which is the soap dispensary, kind of the OG shop on Main Street and Nada, um, which is on Broadway. And like those two shops have been very inspiring for us. And there is a big zero waste community in Vancouver. And I became aware these options were out there for me to cut down waste at home. I also found them, unfortunately, like inconvenient for my life because I didn't have a car at home at the time. And so I would be going like with my son, like strapped me on like transit, trying to do the whole like refill thing. And I didn't get very far because like, I think that now totally was breastfeeding at the time. And it was just really, really difficult to figure out how to incorporate that regularly into my life. But people do do it. And pre-COVID, I know we have different challenges of bringing your own containers to places now, but kudos to people that will go and bring their containers and fill up on things, but becoming more aware of the plastic problem that we have, which is just monstrous. Like it's incomprehensible, the amount of packaging that we are not able to recycle because there's no end markets for the plastic to go and get recycled and bending up in whether landfill or in the ocean or getting incinerated. Like it makes your head want to make my head want to explode. (laughs) Um, So 
I knew there had to be a way to make it easier. And it's not really original, the idea, like the milk person, milk lady, whoever delivered milk back in the day, like that's what we did. We still have Avalon Milk that has an amazing system here in BC, where I've read that they reuse up to 90% of their bottles. How cool is that? Right. But that's one product. So that's where it all came from is how do we easily get reusables to people's houses, especially if you're on a bike or you walk, how are you going to carry all these jars and containers and heavy groceries with you, especially if you're buying in bulk. So that's where the delivery uh, concept of zero waste came from. I love it. I love it. I love it. And you're two (laughs) years in on a roller coaster. I mean, one year, let's say of dare we say normal business and one year that was through COVID and here you are out the other end and we connected over the fact that you're growing and you're growing your team and you're looking to carry more. And what does that look like for you? How do you grow a remote delivery zero waste business right now? Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's only been actually a year. Oh my word. Me working for the business. No, no, it's okay. I have a two-year-old and I mention the two-year-old all the time. I'm like, Hey, like my (laughs) two-year-old. And we started online six months ago, went live the site. So actually selling product has been that that long. So yeah, we've realized that one thing right now, we don't have a, a minimum grocery order that people need to put in because we've decided, or largely Emily Ann, our marketing brand coordinator has decided that we don't have enough products to expect people to be able to put in a minimum order. Like we want them to easily be able to like fill their online basket. So we recognize we need to like source far more products to make this easier on people to be able to use our service. And there's a lot of work that goes into this because we largely source from local suppliers and producers. Actually, everyone is is either a local producer of food, like Agro Roasters. We had Glory Juice Canola when we first started, and we'll probably have that again soon. We get yogurt made from Harvest Union or Burdock & Co., that group. We have To Live For, Erin Ireland's, Vegan Baked Goods, those kind of things. So we like procure lots of things from local producers, or it's dry goods coming from local suppliers. But there's a lot of research. There's a lot of collaboration of suppliers to figure out how we can also decrease waste in the supply chain. For instance, with Agro Roasters, we actually use returnable steel pails with them and that's how we get our product and they rotate in and out. So that doesn't happen with every supplier we work with, but as you can see, it's not the same as sourcing for, you know, maybe no frills and you're going to buy a whole bunch of Heinz ketchup and you put in your order and all the Heinz ketchup comes and then that's like said and done. It's more complicated problem or situation that we're constantly working on and sourcing. So We have so much choice out there as consumers, as food consumers today, and we're not trying to have all the choice in the world. We also like to have a curated assortment of what we've done, the research. We have chosen this product because it's been sustainably produced or like a social employer. There's like all sorts of things that we look for so that people know that we've done the research for them and they can feel good about buying whatever it is that we have on our website. And then also it has no waste associated with it. That's amazing. We had an awesome person on the podcast about a year and a half ago who was 17 years old. They were actually based in Whistler and they were collecting their waste for a year in a large mason jar. And I feel like there's many people now that have done it. It's all over the internet. And yet for a 17 year old to be so aware and so cognizant of their waste and to just think how that impacted her family and the choices, it just it makes me excited to know that there's ways to be inspired to live really simply and still live a really big, nutritious, vivacious life. And it doesn't 
take a vacation. It doesn't take, you know, it takes some more time and it takes some thought, but really it just takes caring. And what you're creating is an opportunity to care. And I think that's super, super cool. I want to ask what your favorite product is that you're carrying right now. Mm, what is my favorite product? I have so many products I'm obsessed with. And then sometimes I eat them too much. Mm, and then I yeah. get like tired of them. I have to take a break. Yeah. I can't name just one. We just started carrying soap from a local artisan who makes, yeah, handcrafted soap and makes the molds are from like one liter milk mm. cartons. And they're beautiful. They like remind me of mountains because the yeah. tops are all like, they look like mountain peaks. Oh my God. We got a custom decide on like the scents. Wow. It was like amazing. So like the cedar wood one is amazing. We have pasta that's made. It's fresh dried pasta from Deep Cove called Ingrain. They're actually sold on the shelves in like nesters in plastic, but you can get them from us in paper bags. All their grain is Canadian traceable grain and they sell, they call them Faro lilies. So Faro is the grain and they call them lilies. They look like an abstract lily but they're just these amazing morsels that carry sauce so well. Yeah, I'm very obsessed with those. And then our hummus is really good. We have an in-house chef that we work with. She's not our chef. She has her own business, but she does some product for us. And she has a really badass hummus. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. And then my next question is, if you could carry any product right now, is there one product that you're like, this is missing from our assortment and I can't wait until I can find that? Oh, okay, there's a couple. One that's really hard that we'll speak to a larger portion of people is pasta sauce because we import a lot of pasta sauce. A lot of it comes either from like massive manufacturers or like from Italy. Like it's really hard. I had someone reach out to me though that was like, hey, my family is buying farmland somewhere nearby and we want to know if there's something you'd like us to like grow that you're missing. I haven't gone back to them. I'm going to be like, yes, we like start producing like local pasta sauce. So that's cool. The other one, this one will be like more relatable to you. And I think about it all the time, but workout gels, goose. Oh, yeah. Like I know there's refills for them. I think they've started to do yeah. that, but just bars, all the stuff we consume when we're on our adventures and fitness. Yeah. Like I used to trail run a lot and bike a lot. You can make your own power balls and like, you know, dried food and stuff, bring them in like reusable bags. That's some of the options, but there's still nothing the same as the like gels. We have so much wrappers when it comes to that. So that's a harder one to pull off. Yeah. But I wish we could figure something out there. Yeah. Crazy. That's such a great point. I think what you just brought up for me is how fascinating it is the amount of time and money, energy, effort, art put into packaging. Because what I was wondering if you would say was chocolate. And I was wondering where you get or procure your chocolate from. And what I'm mindful of is I, granted, I have dark chocolate that I love. I'm so drawn to chocolate packaging. And depending on what the packaging is, I'm like, oh, I want that one. And you're really circumnavigating the packaging conversation to say, it's really what's inside that counts. And it's not cliche. It's truth. It's not artistic paper that you're going to throw out. So where do you go for chocolate? What is your chocolate relationship? Well, oh my goodness. So we actually, this is bad. We don't have a chocolate yet. We have a list of local chocolate producers. There's quite a few, right? Like we have yeah. quite a few chocolate uh, in and around yeah. Vancouver. Yeah. Totally. So we have it on our like procurement list and we just haven't figured out which one we're working with yet. Mm. I think it's so magical because as you say that, I'm like, wow, you have such a cool opportunity to help shape some local entrepreneurs that have been doing amazing work in the world 
And what if their packaging could be recyclable, then could you carry it? Did I get that right? Yeah. If it's recyclable yeah, yeah. packaging, and then you can carry it? Yeah. Like if it's truly, if it's think. truly recyclable. Plastic is very difficult to recycle about like, okay, I'm pregnant with stat wrong. I should know this, but it's been a while. Like 7% of plastic gets recycled. Wow. Seven. Wow. It's finitely recycled. Yeah. Plastic recycling to me just doesn't equal recycling. So instead it's like, okay, if this can truly be recycled because it's paper and there's a market for paper, or if it can be in a returnable glass, which actually like potentially could work. And there's other kind of paper wraps and things that could work. There's ways to do it. And that's where the position we're hiring from, it's working with the producers to figure mm-hmm. out how we can carry the product. Well, I love this. My last, truly my last question for you is where do you go for inspiration of how to do better or do things differently. And it might be in the food space or not in the food space. And I ask that because it's one of my favorite interview questions is to consider has this person, when I interview people for jobs, not the joy of a podcast, but I think has this person left me inspired to do better or to do good in the world. And I just want you to know that while this is a short and sweet conversation, I'm so inspired to look at what I'm wasting and what I'm wasting in the kitchen and what I'm buying and the impact of what I'm buying. And So first, I want to say thank you, because inspiration does not come freely, and it's not everywhere. And now I want to know, though, who or where do you look for inspiration? Okay, yeah, that's love the question. And uh, yeah, it's super easy for me. And I don't talk about it a lot. But for me, it's being in the mountains. It's biking or running in the mountains, two things I love so, so much and would spend all my time doing if I could, but I can't. (laughs) And being in solitude and nature and, and respecting it so much. And then thinking about, um, you know, we can be in the purest nature. We're so fortunate here, right? It's not very hard to find and see images of where it's being disrupted, but it's not very obvious to our, us in our backyard, especially in Vancouver and between here and Whistler, but particularly, right? We don't see a lot of it. So that's my purest inspiration. Of course, I care about like my son's future and I care about people in other parts of the world that are far more impacted by our trash than we are. Right. It's so, so sad. So yeah, it's, you know, the food part is part of it. You know, we've, it's awesome with Craigslist and Facebook marketplace. You know, I always search now just for stuff. Like what can I buy secondhand? The only thing I don't buy secondhand is stuff. I'm going to sweat in a lot. (laughs) But like I did successfully get a girlfriend to take a pair of my maternity underwear. Like she she was like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you're awesome. That's hilarious. But like, sure. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. So I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, thank you. I think I said this to you before. It takes a lot of guts to be a female leading the way right now. And it takes a lot of guts to start something anytime, especially in the middle of a pandemic with a toddler at home that you're keeping alive and trying to sleep. So thank you for the work that you're doing. We'll make sure that in the show notes are all of the places where people can go to reach you. And my sense is that while you're looking to hire your first sourcing manager, it won't be the last role that you'll be looking to hire. And I think it's a really exciting time with an exciting brand to help keep Vancouver awesome and local. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I can't wait to see see where you go glass jars and all oh thank you so much Steph we like really appreciate your interest and support I'm just so happy we connected thanks for having us